0: mindful parenting is equivalent to prophetic parenting it is to be fully present and aware playful when appropriate but serious otherwise and always vigilant against danger and harm Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Hussayn Mujaddidi and I'm honored to present on the topic of raising mindful children, duties of parents to awaken the hearts of their children for Zaytuna College's first spring program, 2022. Raising children today involves immense struggle given all the assaults on their minds for their attention. How do we protect them? What strategies can we use to keep them focused on what's important? This lecture will cover the theology of home. How can we make our homes more mindful places of tranquility and peace? How can we keep our children protected against the current forces pulling them away from their parents? The Prophet was a father. What were his parental practices and how did he treat children and help them come closer to God? According to research published in the Journal of Child and Adolescent Mental Health, in order to raise well-adjusted and confident children, parents fare better adopting an authoritative approach as opposed to an authoritarian one. For the modern parent, however, this is easier said than done, as pervasive social and cultural trends influenced by competing philosophies and political movements question the very legitimacy of parental authority. Today, Muslim parents, as well as those from other faith traditions, face unprecedented challenges raising children due to the modern zeitgeist, which frowns upon religious tradition and looks favorably upon a progressive postmodern world, where systems of authority, including institutions like marriage and family, are reimagined, restructured, or completely dismantled and replaced. It is no wonder that our Prophet warned us in the great hadith of Jibril, that toward the latter days the slave girl would give birth to her mistress. This was reported in Sahih Muslim. Imam Ibn al-Hajr al-Asqalani, rahimahullah, stated in his commentary on this hadith that this meant children would become defiant, disrespectful, and abusive toward their parents, the same way slave owners abuse their subjects. In a national survey conducted in the 1970s of 600 families, about one in 11 households reported experiencing child-on-parent violence. The authors projected from their findings to estimate that more than 2.5 million adolescents were reported as having struck a parent at least once, and 900,000 had been involved in acts of severe violence against a parent. More recent data published in 2017 suggests this number is actually between 5 to 22%, which researchers speculate is a gross underestimate, as more often than not, parents and caregivers never report the violence. As these and other alarming familial and social problems continue to rise, we must ask what can be done to protect our households and communities? How can Muslim parents effectively establish parental authority while also implementing mindful Islamic parenting best practices. What are the most effective tools that Muslim parents can learn and teach their households to create homes of serenity and peace? And how was the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the paragon of perfection as a father? In the well-known hadith reported in the Muwatta of Imam Malik, the Prophet ﷺ said, I have been sent to perfect good character. Thus, possessing good character and virtue is a goal that every Muslim must strive to achieve. And naturally, the starting point is early childhood, as we are creatures of habit. Imam al Ghazali, in Ihya ulum al din in the chapter on raising children states, know that the method of bringing up children is one of the most important and essential matters. The child is a trust in the hands of his parents and his pure heart is an unblemished precious stone free of any engraving or form. It is amenable to being engraved and molded in any direction. If it is habituated and taught to be good, it will be raised upon this. Such a child will be felicitous in this world and the next. His parents, teachers, and educators will all share in his reward. If the child is habituated to evil, however, and neglected like an animal, he will be wretched and fall to destruction, and his sin will be shared by those responsible for his upbringing. Thus, children are created in a pure and malleable state so that parents and caregivers can nurture them and teach them virtue. From a very early age, as their faculties and senses awaken to their surroundings, children observe and absorb everything they hear and see. Whether they are raised by loved ones at home or professional caregivers in and outside of the home, they are taking in every sound, word, movement, action, and reaction. To effectively raise them, parents must first and foremost remember that children are a trust from God. In another well-known hadith, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, Ala ra'in wa kullukum masulun Every one of you is a shepherd and is responsible for his flock. The leader of the people is a guardian and is responsible for his subjects. A man is the guardian of his family and is responsible for them. A woman is the guardian of her home and her children, and she is responsible for them. The servant of a man is a guardian of the property of his master, and he is responsible for it. No doubt every one of you is a shepherd and is responsible for his flock. Here, the Prophet uses the analogy of shepherding to describe the aims and objectives of leadership roles, including parenting. This is an incredible example, as child rearing, much like shepherding, requires mindfulness, vigilance, and discipline. For example, a parent who is distracted and not paying attention to what their children is consuming, who they are spending time with, or whether or not they're playing within the appropriate boundaries and being safe, is negligent in a similar way to a shepherd who leaves his or her flock unattended without any provisions in an open area vulnerable to predators. In many households today, children are left unattended for hours with few limitations on what they can and can't do. Even when adults are present in the house, With the proliferation of media and devices, including TV, streaming services, video games, the internet, and social media, children have free reign to consume and explore beyond any reasonable limit and often suffer great detriment to their mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. The latest Pew Research survey about children and technology published in 2020 suggests that parents are overwhelmed and struggling to find a balance. Fully 71% of parents of a child under the age of 12 say they are concerned their child might be spending too much time in front of screens. Not surprisingly, however, when asked about their own screen time usage, more than half of parents overall, 56%, say they spend too much time on their smartphone while about 7 in 10, 68 percent, say they are at least sometimes distracted by their phone when spending time with their children. A shepherd must not only care for and manage the provisions of his or her flock, but they must also lead them to safe pastures, look out vigilantly for predators, and return them unharmed. A parent whose eyes are fixated at a screen and not on their children is incapable of leading themselves or their children to anything but harm. Mindful parenting is equivalent to prophetic parenting. It is to be fully present and aware, playful when appropriate, but serious otherwise, and always vigilant against danger and harm. Mindful parenting is also to actively struggle against one's ego or nafs, and embody prophetic character, which is a vast subject that must be properly studied, but a glimpse of which has been beautifully summarized by Sayyidina Ali radiAllahu an, who said, The Prophet وسلم, was always cheery of disposition, easygoing, and compassionate. He was not boorish, or coarse, or raucous, or vulgar, or critical. He did not overpraise or jest, and he would ignore that which he disliked. He would not dash the hopes of anyone who hoped for something from him, and they would not be disappointed. He withheld from himself three things, debate, excess, and that which did not concern him. And he withheld from the people three things. He would never criticize or disparage anyone. He would not seek to shame anyone and he would not speak about anything unless he hoped to be rewarded by Allah for it. The Prophet ﷺ was consistently virtuous with everyone he encountered. As a father, he showered his children with love and affection, while modeling excellence at all times. Many stories from the Sirah bring to life how he treated children delicately, played with them, joked with them, and empathized with them. Whether he was praying and his grandchildren were climbing his noble back, or he was consoling a young boy who lost a pet, or he was lovingly greeting his beloved daughter and walking hand in hand with her, he was fully aware of the children in his orbit and gave every one of them their due, the right to be seen, heard, and shown love and compassion, while simultaneously being taught and directed to virtue. As our beloved Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught us, among the rights that children have over their parents is a sound and solid education, one that edifies and leads to upright character and God consciousness. Without the ability to empathize and understand the needs of children at different stages, many parents unwittingly do the opposite and cause more harm than they may realize. One of the most potent gifts that parents especially the mother, is given, for example, is the Nadara, a powerful, affirming gaze that translates to love and compassion. Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah, mentions the importance of parents closely observing young children in this way. He first shares an old proverb. Your child is like a sweet fragrance to you. You adore them for their first seven years. Then you busy them for the next seven. And then depending on their upbringing, they become either your enemy or your companion. He also states, anytime the child does a praiseworthy act or exhibits a beautiful characteristic, he must be honored, given a reward pleasing to him and praised in front of everyone. If he does something contrary to that, just on one occasion, it must be overlooked and ignored and he should not be exposed." This sagely advice highlights the importance of parents closely monitoring their children and inculcating virtue with positive reinforcement. Children deprived of this type of attention and encouragement during the developmental years can and often do suffer later on in other ways. A study conducted in 2012 at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis actually found that school age children whose mothers nurtured them early in life had a 10% increased hippocampus, the brain structure associated with learning, memory, and response to stress. In contrast, the hippocampus was smaller in older children whose mothers were less supportive during the preschool years, even if their mothers became more supportive when the children were older. The positive and long-term impact of parental love when it is consistent and readily given is undeniable. Parents who are attuned to their children's needs as well as the nuances in their personalities and temperaments, and who possess a general knowledge of the stages of child development, will have far more success maintaining healthy and peaceful homes. Imam al-Ghazali again, rahimahullah, stressed the importance of parents and anyone who is a caregiver to children knowing about temperament theory in fact he believed that a person who hasn't mastered the science of misage temperament theory should never be allowed to teach children parents who take the time to understand children according to their nature and constitution which is what temperament theory teaches and then use that knowledge to direct them to virtuous behavior display far more empathy a hallmark quality of our beloved Prophet A parent with empathy will know, for example, how to distinguish between a child who is outgoing and highly energetic, and one who is more contemplative and quiet. They will also know that some children are strong-willed and defiant, while others are meek and highly sensitive. Having this knowledge will prepare them to react to their children in accordance with their spiritual and developmental needs, and help them to become more harmonized and aligned with the perfect balance of our beloved Prophet This degree of mindful and attentive parenting coupled with a great deal of prayer will help parents circumvent the onslaught from outside the home which aims to undermine their authority and wreak havoc in their homes. Parents must also take great precautions when choosing what type of schooling they provide their children. While in the past, public schools may have been defended as innocuous and convenient, today, in the wake of major social changes, they are no longer a tenable choice for families who wish to preserve their faith practice. Children who attend public schools today across every demographic and socioeconomic line are exposed to all types of inappropriate behavior divisive ideology, and a slew of temptations that are directly antithetical to the principles and values of Islam. Imam Yusuf Nabahani, rahimahullah, wrote a book in which he prohibited sending Muslim children to Christian schools on the grounds that they could easily be misguided or become confused. Secular schools today, which are entirely devoid of any mention of God, and are increasingly overrun by a pervasive, progressive liberal culture vehemently hostile toward religion are a much more significant threat to our children's faith. Many school districts and private schools have already adopted liberal left ideological changes to their school curriculum, as well as every other aspect of their institutions, including school policies, hiring and training practices, and a complete overhaul of the school culture. For conservative parents and religious families this translates to their children not only being exposed to but actively conditioned by dangerous postmodern ideologies every day. The wave of drag queen story time in public libraries and schools across our nation in recent years has rightfully caused some controversy but it's just the tip of the iceberg. What's more concerning and insidious is the rapid cultural changes both in and outside of our schools. One side effect of the continual attack on tradition, authority, and hierarchy is that dress codes and policies around student behavior and language have been almost entirely revoked. Aside from showing genitalia or wearing blatantly profane clothing, students can dress and behave however they like. It is quite common to find students of all ages in elementary, middle, and high schools cursing openly, wearing headphones devices in class, vaping or using recreational drugs on school grounds, doing crude TikTok trends, undermining their teachers and administrators, and showing PDA or even openly performing sexual acts with each other at schools all across the country. Attempts to implement stricter policies or enforce rules that would prevent some of these behaviors are often deemed oppressive and authoritarian by students who are often just capitalizing on the liberal left wave sweeping the country. Muslim parents then must seek out alternative schooling options like private Islamic schools, online programs, or homeschooling co-ops or programs. These options may seem drastic to some, but many people have become disillusioned by public schools and are seeking alternatives. A recent data analysis study by the Associated Press reported a rise in homeschooling over the past few years. In the 18 states that shared data through the current school year, there was a 63% increase in homeschooling during the 2020-2021 school year, with only a decrease of 17% for the 2021-2022 school year. The National Home Education Research Institute estimates that there were 2.5 million homeschool students pre-pandemic in the spring of 2019, or approximately 3%, but for 2020-2021, the estimate is 3.7 million, or about 6%. Finally, the US Census Bureau reported the percentage of households with school aid children attending homeschool doubled from March of 2020 to March of 2021, from 5.4% to 11.1%. And the Homeschool Legal Defense Association estimates that today, 7 to 8 million children are being homeschooled. Muslim parents living in the West who work hard every day to provide for their children, care for their family, and secure their future must never forget that true success cannot be achieved except through our Creator. We can accumulate an abundance of wealth and collect nice things, but unless we prioritize our faith and protect our children and families from the evils of this world, then surely we will have failed. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says, يَا اَيُّهَا amanu آمَنُوا anfusakum wa وَأَهْلِيكُمْ نَارًا Oh, you who believe, save yourselves and your families from a fire. The flames of evil are growing day by day, but they cannot reach those protected by the cooling wind of God's providential care. May we always be mindful of our words, thoughts and actions. And may our hearts be firm, our limbs be upright, and upon the path of our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And may our homes be places of his remembrance and praise. Ameen. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I pray you are making the most of this blessed month of Rabi al-Awwal and taking the benefit of Zaytuna College's offerings in the form of these programs on the Mindful Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hopefully, you plan to gradually follow the footsteps of our beloved Prophet and cultivate mindfulness in your life. I urge you to follow Zaytuna College's YouTube channel and support the 12,000 Strong program to strengthen the college for future generations. Jazakum Allahum khayran.